All right, just when you thought I was done with all the political stuff, I'm going to have another one's been put in front of me here that I just can't take anymore. So, But I think important to note that it's not that you just want to harp on politics and religion all day long, right? Because that's usually everybody is willing to talk about anything mm-hmm. except for politics and religion, right? We don't want to discuss that. Mm-hmm. But those two things make up a vast... Mm-hmm. vast base the foundation of how you think and act and live and all of those different things so it really is an important topic to discuss and your whole point is to look at this truly scripturally how yeah, do we act is, how do we behave what does it say this is just one of those things that you have to know what it means because when you see it on on things like you know bumper stickers and memes and coffee cups and you know, everywhere. Specifically, we're talking, I'm going to talk about Psalms 30, or yeah, Psalm 33, 12. And that's what joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. This is over the fourth has been plastered over. Blessed is American the nation whose God is the Lord. Bumper stickers. It has been. I was watching the Trump parade on the 4th and there's live comments on the feed that I was watching and these people were commenting and I at least saw a hundred times people comment this, what joy for the nation whose God is. And I just face palmed every single time that I saw that it hurt. It took a little bit out of me every single time I saw that. Cause I was just like, Oh, that's not what, that means at all but it's so this verse right here and this idea is just so ingrained in our american heads that we believe honestly believe because of our our history of misuse in this verse we honestly believe that it actually applies to us and that he that god has actually blessed america over any other nation like do you ever wonder about that? You're like, well, I wonder who else he's got of in the, what, like whatever nation he is. Well, and so we like, have such a limited understanding. If that's the way you think, like, do you ever world? think about of another nation who would be blessed by God? Yeah, like what about the besides other? Israel? But it's funny though because we largely just have this propaganda machine that just shows the faults of all other nations, the downsides. Right. We make them seem like they are unsafe, um, not right. doing well. You know, and then you start looking at these these worldwide resources of the countries with the most freedoms. We're not even in like the top, what, like 10 or 20 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you start going through these things. You're like, no, America's all about freedom. America's all about this. And it's like, well, but is it really? So then you start looking into these other things and you start seeing that, you know, we incarcerate more people than anyone else in the world. We mm-hmm. spend more on our military, but yet everybody else is like way far advanced over what we have. You know what I mean? You start like going through these different things like, yeah, we're doing better than like many other places. But we just get this idea that everywhere else is like really unsafe and has all these issues and like we're good to go is like the general idea that we put out there because, you know, we are a blessed Mm -hmm. nation. Um, God is our Lord and God bless America and one nation under God. Well, I mean, this is something something that even the largest pastors, they are 
guy again, I get to throw them out, but guys like Franklin Graham and Jeffers and different things like this, these people that are the representative of evangelical Christians now on Fox News and all over the news and you know, they're out there saying this stuff and I'm just like, how, like, how could you, this is like, that's completely wrong. So in context, it's talking about Israel. However, this verse right here is, is where in Romans, when Paul talks about being grafted into, we are one in God's people. So yes, this God's people, which is all around the world. This could be somebody in China. This could be somebody in Iraq. This could be somebody in... So one nation of people, correct. not one nation like, Believers here's in the border, him. this country. Correct. It's not about the country. It's the people. Believers in him that he has chosen. It has nothing to do with trying to set up this ridiculous argument of making this apply to anybody who tries to build up their country using the principles of the Bible. There's this one church that I drive by when I drive up to visit my mom and grandma and stuff, and they've got their big flag that flies out front, and then on there, you know how they all have those little uh, marquee boards? But they've got the big, blessed is the nation whose God is our Lord, that's on there. And every time I drive by it, I'm like, Number one, do you understand what that means? <laughs> like number two, like there's so much in that, but that is such a common like people go, one nation under God, we're keeping, you know, we are a Christian nation. This is what most people truly do believe. And so when you see scripture like this on, you know, cutesy patriotic, you know, signs and mugs and stickers and memes and whatever, people go, yes, amen. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Like, I'm so thankful that that's what we are as America, not what we are as the body of Christ grafted into the people of Israel. Like, so then it's like, wait a second. Well, let's look at that. What mm -hmm. does that say? What is that talking about? Yeah, it's, you can, again, just like any other Bible verse that you you use, you should at least read the whole chapter. At least. If not the chapter before, the, the chapter, chapter after before something. the chapter after to see, because it's funny how you'll, you'll lose your most quoted Bible verses if you read a whole chapter. You'll, you'll read right past it most of the time. Yeah, like we what were, is it in John three? John three six. Yeah, in John three, I'm like, we we can read past that in a normal Bible study, a family Bible study, and nobody notices John three sixteen. But yet, because it's one of the, it's a beautiful verse. It is, wrong. but in context of the whole chapter, it can be that used. Isn't what jumps it can out be used you. as a singular verse, sure, which is hard for to make Bible verses be you know to use for singular verse but it's one of those that you have to be careful with because it's not it's just a cliche verse but look at the whole thing it doesn't john three sixteen. that doesn't tell the whole story of the chapter at all you know you read in the whole chapter and it's a very very kind of somber you know yeah it's it's good news but it, it's more in a somber kind of way you know you think that yeah he gave his only begotten son do you think about that do you think about like the creator of everything had to do this because of you i mean and we only 
continue to sin in our flesh. So, yes, that makes it our generation as well. You know, have you told a lie? Yep. Have you done this? Yep. Okay. Well, guilty. So that was what we were saved from that he gave his only begotten son for. And once you read it and that, you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty serious. You don't just throw that around on every little thing. And it's this is another one of those things that you shouldn't do. 3312, you shouldn't do it with that period. Because that's not at all what it means. And I'm I, and like you said, I understand that it, this is everywhere. Churches do this. Pastors are out there misquoting this. And there's no biblical backing for that statement number one there's no new testament perfect form of government set up in the there's there's nothing as followers in christ were to remain subject to whatever institution that we find ourselves in that doesn't give us guidelines of one that we build and create and make some utopia that christ can return to that's that's not what it means at all, and that's what people take it as, and like I said, pastors use it as, teachers use it as, and it's very, very, it, it's serious, and it's funny the things that people ignore. I know people get kind of touchy once you start talking about politics and religion, and they tend to just puff out their chests and go, yes, huh, this is what it says. Because we believe in God in this country, and boom. Like, well, careful with that. Israel thought the same thing, and how many times were they kicked out of their own house? A lot. They're in trouble. They still are in trouble. They were only recently allowed to come back home, and they're not done yet. And it's home in unbelief. Because yeah, that's yeah, greatest, that's what I said. They're not done yet. Yeah, the greatest they, tribulation they, they, that they ever were, fall on They were allowed to coming. come back home, but their worst their worst punishment is yet to come. So that's and and believe me, they're the only nation that is standing and that's they're the only biblical nation that is left standing in the the end of time here. And that has nothing to do with anything that they did. This was all the will of God and done by the hand of hand of God. And he makes that very clear that, yep, it's me. Don't get too proud over it. This is what I chose. This is what I've blessed. But uh, don't get proud over it. And that's the same thing goes with us and the same thing goes with this. So we can't. That's definitely not what this verse means. You know, and you pulled up this great article um, from the Teaching the Word um, Ministries, and they have the same. So who is the blessed nation mm-hmm. of Psalm thirty-three, twelve? So mm-hmm. you just said that, no, we can't take that and say, well, that's mm-hmm. America, because blessed is the nation whose God is right. the Lord, obviously. We're one nation under God. That's us in the right. story. And they have here, it's not any nation of the world, past or present, but one composed of those who are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, whose citizenship is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Then they said, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen at his own inheritance. 
Psalm 33:12 may be the most misappropriated <laughs> verse in the entire Bible. Exactly. They bring the reason why I'm having you do this is because they did a really good job of bringing up some history here, real yes. quick, on where this verse came from as far as being taken out of context. Yeah, so it was a great way just to kind of pull all of this. Yeah, and you know, then we'll we'll together. link it on there too. So this is, I guess, is another episode of Heidi and Brandon reading an article and. <laughs> But there's, I mean, instead of trying to pull a million resources from a diff- million different places, I mean, it's kind of a neat thing to... But see, I had seen, but the story real quick was I saw this verse all over this past weekend, obviously. You yeah, see it more 4th of so. July and Trump's And parade. so I just kind of cringed every time I did. And then I, this article... people were sharing this verse like crazy, and you're like, you do not know even, what that means, you guys. I didn't even look up, mean to look up this article. I don't know how I found it. I don't remember how I came across it some way. And I was like, okay, yep, I need to say this. So, And so, you know, so obviously this is people whose citizenship is in heaven, not like mm-hmm. I live within this country's borders, therefore this means me. Mm-hmm. And they bring up some neat points here. They say, during the American Civil War, the words blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord were frequently associated with the cause of both the North and the South. (laughs) In 1862, in a message to the United States Congress, Abraham Lincoln called the Union the last best hope of Earth, which God must forever bless. Well, that's a problem. In 1902, at the height of the power of the British Empire... Edward Elgar composed his famous Pomp and Circumstance March Number no. 1. This hymn to the British Empire by A.C. Benson was set to that tune. Land of hope and glory, mother of the free, how shall we exalt thee who are born of thee? Wider still and wider shall thy bounds be set. God who made thee mighty, make thee mightier yet. Even though the empire was long ago dissolved, these words are still <laughs> widely sung on patriotic occasions in Britain. During the days of the empire, the words of the song were often associated with the words of Psalm 33:12, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord." Great Britain was said to be that nation. In popular artwork of that time, the words of the psalm were frequently superimposed upon an image of the Union Jack or the reigning monarch. So, Again, is anything yeah. new under the sun? Absolutely not. No. In his 1964 speech, A Time for Choosing, and frequently during his presidency, Ronald Reagan spoke of America as the last best hope of man on earth. Oh, in this vein, Psalm 33:12 is still frequently quoted in speeches on patriotic occasions and found in posters and artwork in which the words are superimposed upon a background of the American flag or other patriotic symbols. Again, none of this is fitting. You cannot take Psalm 33:12, slap your country on it, and say, see, we are a godly country, a godly people. Look what we're doing. Nope. So they go on to, to ask, are we a Christian nation or just a Christian nation? The implication of these usages has been that America, or in earlier days Britain, is or was a Christian nation. Blessed because it's God is the Lord which we've brought up the point before, stop and think about it. How can you be a free nation, right? We want to tout our freedoms, and a Christian nation. You can't be both. Yeah, because then you're having to make excuse for a lot of different things and saying that God wanted you to 
he intended for you to live. It doesn't work. It, yeah, you, you have to make Vinny. We have freedom in Christ, but you're not just free to sin and do it. Like It, it doesn't work. Anyways, God's word tells us that there is no such thing as a Christian nation. There is not now, nor has there ever been a nation on earth that collectively bowed its knee to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So how are we a Christian nation, which we pointed out in our stuff last week, we're literally coming off of Pride Month for homosexuality. Mm -hmm. But now we're a Christian nation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Um, I'm sorry. That's we're under the wrath of abandonment right now. God has left our nation. That's not a good thing. Well, I mean, he left them a long time ago. Oh, yeah, they're, it's, it's I mean, so they're far not, gone. They don't, they, it he didn't saves just people, not nations. No. So it says, um, Satan, who insisted that Christ must bow the knee to him in Matthew 4, 9, is the present ruler of this world, John 12, 31. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, 1 John 5, 19. It is not without reason that the psalmist writes in Psalm 2, verses 1 through 3, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords from us. Cast away their cords from us, sorry. The United States and Britain before it were blessed of God only because of the influence of the people of God and the word of God within them. See, that's important right now to where we're at here. And that's the mistake people make is, yes, largely we have the biggest population of Christian, active Christian people. Sure. That are that are doing works for Christ. You know, I mean, we we've done a lot of great. There things. are many Christian people. Sure. Obviously very. So, God has definitely allowed it to prosper over this this period of time because of His church that's been built up in that. So I don't want people to take me wrong on that because that's where, but. It, we it's are not only a Christian God allowing nation it. that's being it blessed has, because yeah, of that. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slapping on a flag or an ideal behind it and and being proud of it. It's, it's, it's that's not the case. Um, well, and look at Proverbs fourteen thirty four. Truly, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach <laughs> to any people. people. Yeah. A painting hangs in the National Portrait Gallery in London depicting Queen Victoria presenting a Bible to the ruler of one of her realms in the audience chamber at Windsor Castle. The title of the painting is The Secret of England's Greatness. Britain became Great Britain because of the influence of the Word of God. Britain became a shadow of her former self, morally as well as politically, when the nation rejected the influence of Holy Scripture. The same is true of the United States. The article asks, who is the blessed nation? How then could the psalmist write, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance? Who is this nation? Who has the Lord chosen as his own inheritance? That nation is the people of God, the body of Christ, those of all the ages, all the ages, 
who are being redeemed from the wrath of God by his blood and who will rule and reign with him in the new heavens and the new earth for eternity. Yep. First Peter 2, 9 through 11 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy, sojourners and pilgrims. Those God has chosen as his inheritance are likewise the saints of God. In Ephesians 1.18, the Apostle Paul declares his desire that every believer may have the eyes of your understanding enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of, his, of the glory of Christ's inheritance in the saints. In the original language, the words in the saints are used in a locative form. That is, these words tell us the sphere in which Christ's inheritance is located. Linguistically, the phrase in the saints defines the word inheritance. The saints of God, purchased by the blood of Christ, are his inheritance. <laughs> That's really this important. takes us back to Ephesians 1.11, where Paul says that in him also we have obtained an inheritance. A more accurate translation of the Greek would be that in him we have been allotted as an inheritance. As Psalm 33, 12 puts it, believers are the people he has chosen and as his own inheritance. The day is coming, but is not yet, when the nations shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. Psalm 102:15. But the psalmist goes on to say that this prophetic word is written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Psalm 102, 18. In Psalm 149, the Holy Spirit speaks of that coming day. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments of the peoples, to bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. Jude likewise speaks of that tremendous future event when the nation whose God is the Lord shall come with him in glory. Obviously, America is not coming with him in his glory. Although I think most like conservative American Christians truly do believe that Jesus is going to come like with the American flag on the horse, oh, yeah. like in the full thing. But Jude says here, behold, the Lord comes. And he's with quoting Enoch here. Yes. Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Dear friends, are you living in the light of these great truths? The last best hope of man on earth is not any nation or government, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, which Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Then it goes on to list Psalm 33 in its full context in the whole chapter. 
crazy, right, to have the context with it. Yeah, so it makes a little bit more sense in light of those. I thought the article was great. I thought it did a great job with it. That's why we read it. Um, but it was just like, like I said, something that came up along with seeing it everywhere that need we, we need to stop doing. And then, I mean, for food for thought, I mean, some of us may need to check where our priorities are and maybe we're a bit a little bit too attached to the world in some ways and need to pull away from that because being attached to the world like that can can take you down paths that you don't want to go so food for thought for the day anyways to look at the scripture in light of you know its context and see where it all falls